morning it's a, a quote from a psychiatrist, Dr. Carl Menninger. And I asked him a question. He said, what advice would you give to someone that was ready to have a nervous breakdown? And, of course, they thought he'd give them a professional answer. And he said, leave your house, cross the tracks, and help someone. Most people who focus all their attention on themselves do so because they feel they're missing something in life. But that was interesting. He went on to say, generous people are rarely mentally ill people. Generous. Thanksgiving's the time to be generous, isn't it? To give thanks. So, we're, and this is also a first, first fruit Sunday. First fruits is when you just, you know, of course, we, part of our covenant with God, we owe the tithe. We don't give a tithe. We owe the tithe to God. But first fruits, when we give just something extra, and I, I've loved the hay bales illustration. If a guy had... 10 bales of hay or 50 bales or 1,000 bales of hay, first fruits he'd bring a bale of hay. So it's just something extra that you give to God. Are we ready to give and receive our offerings this morning? I'm going to ask the ushers to come, and they're just going to pass them this morning. So is there a song with that, or are you just coming? Okay. Angie's going to preach this morning, so we're glad you're here. Lord, I speak blessings over the offering. I decree, Lord, that you'll meet every need that's here. Lord, you have always met our needs, and I speak blessings over the people and what they're about. Give them wisdom and everything they do in their lives. And I speak blessings over it now. In the name and the blood of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, it's great to see you all this morning, and um, I know it's, for some of y'all, it's good to be here. I know some of y'all have been not feeling too great, and um, man, once you get over that, you're like, woohoo, right? Y'all are quiet here this morning. Uh, we don't need to be quiet. <laughs> the little lady on the front row that's making all the noise, um, for you that don't know, this is my mom and dad, and they just celebrated their 65th wedding anniversary. So, Lord bless them. Have a little gift here for you from the church. But I just wanted to um, honor them again. And um, I'm thankful for them. And I know that you all are as well. So, something we all have to strive for, right? I told Yeah, come on. Hey, you know, I was like, you know, y'all look good for 65 years. I told them that's pretty unscathed. You know, there wasn't a lot of bruises and scars. They, they, they'd been well to each other. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you have, <laughs> and we're glad. I, the Lord's gave me a lot here for you guys this morning, and I just want to be obedient to Him. I just want to release what He's given for me, and I know that um, this is a place that um, we can gather together and just um, be free to be who God's called us to be, and part of this place is to uh, help you break those chains, help you to find the freedom that God wants us to totally walk in. And, you know, you gain a little bit of freedom, you find your salvation, and you think, oh, this is great. But then he wants more and more. He, he, there's, there's so much that uh, sometimes that we are born with, or so much sometimes that our families have put on us. Sometimes there's a lot that we've got ourselves into. And it doesn't always take, an, sometimes it's not just overnight that we get all that off of us. Sometimes it's a process, and I think that's what the church is here for. It's to help us walk alongside, to help us break and loose those things that the enemy or ourselves have got put on us. 
And um, if you're out there alone trying to do it, I don't know how you do it. That's why the, the word says we need to get together. We need to be here. We need each other. Tracy, Jill Wayne, we need you guys. And you know what? You need us. That, that's the kicker. Because some of us haven't realized that we need this place. Because there's somebody here that irritates us, or we don't like the way they laugh, or you don't like the way I look, or whatever. You know what? Get over it. We're all going to get together one day, right? Yeah. Eternity? Hey, <laughs> that's a long time to have to put up with it. If God can put up with me, surely you can for just a few minutes on Sunday, right? My mom's put up with me for a long time. I tell her, look how great I've turned out. So, you know, you, Pastor Gerald's been talking to us a lot about being a disciple, what a disciple looks like, and I was thinking about that as I was getting ready for today, and um, I read this scripture, and I want to share it with you. It starts out in Psalms 145, and it's verses 10 through 12. And it says, Everything you have made will praise you, fulfilling its purpose. That's us. Everything you have made, everything God has made, will praise him, and it's going to fulfill its purpose. Did you know that you have a purpose? Yes, you have a purpose. It's more than just breathing in and out, right? God has a purpose for you. So everything you have made will praise you, fulfilling its purpose. And all of your godly ones, that's us. Tell your name, that's me. That's me. All of your godly ones will be found bowing before you. They, that's us, that's me, right? What are we going to do? There's four things here. We're going to tell the world of the lavish splendor of your kingdom. Two, we're going to preach about your limitless power. Three, they, us, me, we're going to demonstrate for all to see your miracles of might. Four, we're going to reveal the glorious majesty of your kingdom. Is that not powerful? Look, that's what you guys, that's what we're supposed to be about. That's discipleship. That's us. That is what we're to do. And you say, how in the world? It sounds kind of overwhelming whenever you read that. I'm like, but who's in? Who's in? I don't know how we're going to do it, I, but you know what? I'm in. But he, here's a little clue that I feel like that the Lord's given me. We feel like to be that disciple sometimes that we're not as equipped as we should be. Guess what? It's your own fault. Sorry. That's bad news. The good news is you got the manual, and here's how to do it. Chris, you've been reading? Good for you. We have the tools, but I felt like that the Lord, this is nothing new. Some of you know this. You know, sometimes you get familiar with things and you forget. You get so familiar that we forget. One of the tools that we have that the Lord talks a lot about and that Jesus demonstrated was the prophetic word. And we have had, don't worry about that. It's whatever. It, it doesn't matter. So it's going to do it again. We're ignoring it. So we're just moving straight on. But the, Jesus was prophetic. He gave prophetic words. And I believe that as a disciple of his, it's a tool for us to use that he has given us. And we're called to use it. We've had a lot of prophetic people come in here. We've had people stand people up, give them prophetic words. We've had a lot of that years ago. Seems like it's been a little bit less as in the last few years. But just because um, maybe we haven't had guests in to do it doesn't mean that it's still not 
uh, readily available and it's still not something that we are to be doing. And um, I want to show you this. I got really excited reading in John 1 about this. And I want you to turn, if you brought your Bibles, if you didn't, um, they'll put it up for you. Um, and it's John 1, 43. And this is where Jesus is first gathering up his crew. And you know what? We're all gathering. We've all got somebody around us. But Jesus was gathering his disciples. And um, it starts in verse 43. And I just want to read some of this to you if I can. It says, uh, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee where he found Philip. Jesus said to him, come and follow me. Now Philip, Andrew, and Peter had all grown up together in the village of Bethesda. Philip went to look for his friend Nathaniel. And he's kind of the star of where I'm going with this. And Nathaniel and he went to find his friend Nathaniel and told him, We found him. We found the one that we've been waiting for. It's Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. He's the one whom Moses and the prophets prophesied would come. I love this. Verse 46. Nathaniel sneered, Nazareth, what good thing could ever come from Nazareth? And Philip answered, Come and let's find out. I love that because you know what? He just spoke what was on his heart. <laughs> and I love it because Jesus pretty much ignored it. And you know what? Sometimes things come out of our mouths that sometimes we just need to ignore and don't be offended by. But you know, we have to be careful because to him, Nathaniel, that was his truth. And he spoke it. And sometimes we feel like that um, because it's truth or our truth, that it gives us uh, liberty to say whatever we want. We, we need to be careful about that. We need to be careful about speak, what we say. And there's many verses that talk about that, about watch what comes out of your mouth. And, um, but Jesus knew Nathaniel's heart. And in verse 47, it says, When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching him, he said, Here comes a true son of Israel. What did he call him? An honest man with no hidden motive. In, a, in another version, it says, A man with, with no guile. You know, he didn't have any deceit. He wasn't... So Jesus wasn't offended. Jesus knew what he said about him. And he wasn't offended by what he said about him. Jesus spoke a prophetic word to him. Nathaniel, then in, in verse 48, it says, Nathaniel was so stunned and said, But you've never met me. How do you know anything about me? And Jesus answered, Nathanael, right before Philip came to you, I saw you sitting under a fig tree. Jesus had never seen Nathanael before. Nathanael had never seen Jesus before. Jesus gave him a prophetic word, and Nathanael was pretty blown away. The prophetic word changed and moved Nathaniel's heart towards Jesus. Let's look in verse 49. He goes on to say, let me turn my page here. Nathaniel then blurted out, Teacher, you are truly the Son of God and the King of Israel. So he got the prophetic word, and it's like Jesus went from a zero to a hero to him about that quick. And if you've experienced those prophetic words before, maybe you've experienced something just like that, where whenever they began to speak something over you that maybe only you and God knows, you're like, oh my gosh, God does really know about me, and he cares about me, and he's interested in my life, and that's just what happened to Nathaniel. The, pro the prophetic is for us 
as a disciple. It is a tool in our tool belt to be using to draw people to the Lord. Jesus is our example. I, I want to go over to um, 1 Corinthians 14. And this talks about the prophetic. It is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts. Are we? Are we, are we, are we pursuing spiritual gifts? I read that and I thought, are, are we? But it says, especially prophecy. When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands what he says because he's not speaking to people but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the Spirit. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people, to build them up, to bring them comfort. The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress, while the one who prophesies builds up the church. I would be delighted if you all spoke in tongues, but I desire even more that you uh, that you impart prophetic revelations to others. Greater gain comes through the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless there's an interpretation so that it builds up the entire church. The prophetic, what does it do? It encourages, it builds up, it brings comfort. It affirms. And maybe some of y'all are like, I don't even know. I wouldn't even know how to prophesy. I don't even know how to give a prophetic word. I didn't either. You start somewhere. It's like riding a bike. You get on and you crash a few times, but you keep trying. And it, it's like um, you hang around the prophetic. Um, you know, those gifts that it talks about, that prophetic is a gift. It says that he's wish that we're all to do it. You know, ask the Lord, ask the Lord for the gift to prophesy. You say, why, why do I need it? God says we need to do it. One, so let's not argue with him. Two, what about um, as a disciple? If Jesus needed it and he used it, that's good for us. But um, it, it awakens people to realize um, the living Christ that we serve. That he's still alive and, and cares about the things that you care about. Um, you know, one thing I did... Somebody would, I, I, this was a time in Branson, and I was at a prophetic conference, and I was really a big fat mess right at the time. And, um, but they were having a prophetic time. I couldn't be a part of it, because I was such a mess. But you know what I did? They'd get somebody up, and I'd ask the Lord, okay, Lord, what are you showing me about them? So that's how I learned. Then I'd kind of see what I was getting. Then as the prophetic gave them words, you know, then I'd be like, hmm, I, I, I am hearing from the Lord. You know, one of the first things that I really remember about nine years ago where I really knew that I heard from the Lord over, you know what it was about? A cat. I heard from the Lord about a cat about where it was, I went out there, and there it was. It came and run, got in the car with me, and I took it home. I'd left it, I moved, and, you know, three months later, I went back, and there was the cat. You know what? That doesn't mean anything to you, but I knew I was hearing from the Lord. The cat appreciated me hearing from the Lord. It stayed outside in the cold for three months, fending for itself. And you said, well, you didn't give the cat a prophetic word. No, but I began to learn to hear the voice of the Lord. Then as you begin to hear, then you can say, Debbie, this is what I heard from the Lord this morning. And you know what I heard him say? I was cleaning my glasses. And um, to back up, the other day, Rob said, Angie, let me see your glasses. Good Lord, how do you see out of them? And I was like, well, I really don't know. And I try to clean them, but I can't get them clean. 
And so he took him, and I was like, my gosh, I have been missing a lot of things. Anyway, as I was cleaning them this morning, Debbie, I heard him say that it's kind of like my glasses had a little light film over them, and um, I took the Dawn, and it took the film off. That's, I just feel like that, and it's not that anything's wrong, not that you've done anything wrong, but like there's just been something that's wanted to kind of cloud your hearing and, and what you see. And I believe that just like that Dawn takes the grease away off my glasses, he's removing any obstacle, anything that, that would hinder you from hearing from him. And I, I believe that he's doing that today for you. Now see... That Lord just spoke to me through something very simple, but he told me that was for Debbie. Do you receive that? Thank you. Thank the Lord. So you, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what that means, but I know that that's what the Lord spoke that for me. Kyle, I heard him say for you that your best days are, are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. Best days are ahead of you. So... If, you, if you're wanting to give your checklist of what you're prophetic, read that 1 Corinthians because it's easy to stay in those boundaries. It encourages, it builds them up, it brings comfort, it affirms. Verse 5, it imparts prophetic revelations to others. I was at a meeting this summer... Uh, in Dallas, and this lady talked about how they use the prophetic, and they use it a lot to draw in the lost, and they go to a lot of, um, like, dark things, like, you know, just, and the Lord would have to lead you to go to those places, um, but they set up um, their prophetic stations in, like, um, where they're having a lot of, um, I don't even know what, how to describe it, but uh, people would come to them for what they're thinking, like maybe they're getting a, their fortune told or something like that, but they're, they're Christian people going and giving prophetic words. So she goes all over the place doing this as the Lord leads them. Well, they had went to um, New Orleans, like on Bourbon Street in that dark area to, to set up and do this. Well, the lady where they were staying, she was interested, um, but she wouldn't let them talk to her. She was pretty standoffish, and she was very leery of what they were, <laughs> what they were about. And um, anyway, but she was taking them up to where they were going to stay, and she had a little dog. And uh, she had told them she just loved this little dog, and she had told them that the dog was a rescue, and you know how those dog rescue people are. Deanne. Anyways, we love you. And um, anyway, um, as, as she went, as she was taking him up to the room, then um, she said, well, I, I'm not interested, but um, do you give words for dogs? And the man and the lady were going up, and the man looked at the late Cindy McGill and looked at her, and she said, yes, we do. And she said the guy with her just all but passed out was like, you know, we do. <laughs> and uh, she was like, I never prophesied over a dog before. But anyway, she began to speak over this dog. And I don't remember the dog's name, but she said, um, I know that uh, you were a rescue and no one loved you and that you have rejection on you, and that you felt like very unloved, and nobody wanted you, and yet this lady came and got you and rescued you and gave you a good life, and that's the same way that God wants for you, and he loves you. And well, as she's speaking over this dog, you know what the owner was doing? She's bawling her eyes out because then she was able then to turn to her and said, Sue, I know that you're like this dog. You've been broken and you've been hurt and you're looking to be rescued. And I want you to know how much Jesus loves you and that he wants to pull you out of, 
out and rescue you just like you did this dog. And it totally then opened up that lady to the love of the Lord and just by a few words. So see how the prophetic works? Isn't that a cool story? We were in uh, Branson just a few weeks ago, and we were at the Mel's Hard Luck Diner. And we love to go there. And um, I don't really know that the food's all that great, but they sing, and it's just a fun place to go. And um, anyway, the waiter came up to us, and um, he wanted to know what we wanted to drink. And I think Rob said, what kind of music do you sing? And he said, um, mainly a contemporary Christian. And he said, and he, and he was almost, you could tell he was embarrassed then to say, he said, I know you can't tell that by looking at me. And he had his fingernails painted black, and he, he was just trying to prove a point. It was just whatever. And um, we just kind of was like, well, whatever. But as soon as he walked away, I was like, I knew he, he had been raised in a very strict religious system. And so he finally came back, and I was like, come over here. And I said, what kind of Baptist church exactly were you raised in? And he said, my dad's a Baptist preacher, and I'm not against the Baptist. I said, well, I, I recognize that because I was there as well. And then we began to talk to him and, he, and just began to share with him that, and he, he was in a pretty good place, I think, you know. And I think all of the, he, he was just trying to get as far away from his religious Baptist dad as he could, you know. And we've probably all been there at some place. And, but you know what? It, you know, God can show you things about people. And it opens up a conversation that, and he's trying to find his freedom in the Lord. And he knew that it wasn't that box, you know, and so he was just trying to find his way out of that box. And I, I want to tell you another story of something that happened here. Years ago, there was a prophetic man here, and he called me out, and he began to prophesy over me and Mariah. I had never seen the man before. And he prophesied and talked about Mariah's birth, where she came from, the, the struggles. I mean, I, mean it, I just was taken back by it. I had a family member here. And uh, she had never experienced the prophetic. And um, I'm telling you, it rocked her world whenever she heard that. Um, I mean, it just blew her away to hear, because she knew that it was God telling that man those things. And she left here and, and went um, to where she was staying, and she was so excited and talking about the prophetic and how it had changed her and how it opened her up to something. And you know what? religion squelched her and said, oh, did you go get you a prophetic word? And just, you know what? Religion doesn't like the prophetic. I'm not for sure why. Probably because it's out of the box a bit. So um, don't let religion squelch the prophetic on you. Don't let, I'm telling you, God, it wants to release that over you here today. God wants us to be open. If we're to be disciples of his, this is a tool that he has given us to draw others to him. And we have had it lots and times here. We've had lots of people come up and give each of you prophetic words. But you know what? It's your turn. It's our turn to be speaking those prophetic words to other people. We, we could never have any, a guest ever again and give a prophetic word. And you, it's your turn. It's your turn to use it. But it's not just for in here. It's for whenever you're at Mel's Hard Luck Diner. It's when you're at Walmart and you see someone sick and say, man, I, you know, or wh whatever. The Lord will show you. If your cat's missing, he'll show you. If you just ask him for those, Lord, I want to be discerning. I want to be able to hear your voice. I want to be able then, are you willing, when you hear his voice, are you going to do anything about it? Because I think a lot of us here, I had one friend, she said that um, she kept praying for her, rent, her friend to be able to, re, to, be able to um, 
give words and to move in that, her friend was just like, I'm not getting it. Well, she realized what the deal was. She was getting it. She just thought she had an overactive imagination. It was just like, well, it was the Lord giving her these things. So you got to get a little, some self-confidence or your confidence in the Lord that what you're seeing and perceiving is from him and then acting on it. But a lot of times our pride will stop us. We're afraid we're going to look silly. We're afraid we're going to say the wrong thing. And so the enemy uses that to stop us from delivering the words that he wants us to give. But um, just like what happened to Nathaniel, that's what the prophetic is for. It turns our hearts. He says, what good thing is going to come out of Nazareth? He gets a prophetic word and is like, oh, my Lord, you're who I've been looking for. You're Jesus. And that's what happens to those that are lost and don't know him. Whenever you can give them that prophetic word, it turns their hearts to Jesus. Just like that out of, uh, in John 1. Um, I, and I feel like that, um, and I wanted to read another, another part of uh, 1 Corinthians if I could. Uh, and, it's, and before I do, I just want to mention this. It talked a lot about tongues. And I don't want to just act like I didn't read that. Because you know what? Obviously, tongues are important. We need them. They are, um, I speak in tongues. I pray that each of you do. We are four tongues in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what? You know, everything can get perverted. Everything can get weird. Uh, people get scared when they hear that word. So it's like we wanted to read over it and act like we hadn't read it or like we don't even know about it or let's just not talk about it or kind of like we were way back when we'd hear the word Holy Ghost, we'd be like, mm. you know, it's okay. We are for the gifts. We are for all of the gifts. We are for all of the gifts operating in this place. But it was very clear, you know, um, when we had the last gathering, there was a man that gave a word in tongues out loud. There was also then an interpretation of that. I thought that was very moving. And I pray that we have more of that. We are open to that in this place. I just want to declare that and decree that. We are open to that. And you know what? If you have a prayer language, awesome. If Pastor Gerald calls you up to pray for somebody, don't pray for them in your prayer language. They don't know what you're praying for them about. Say, what can I pray for you about? And pray for them. You know, it, it was real clear what that's all about. So I, I just wanted to, I didn't want to bypass that. But in verse um, 23, if the entire church comes together and everyone is speaking in tongues, I love this, won't the visitors say that you have lost your minds? I had, long time ago, we had, we had three little ladies and they were just wild for Jesus. And I remember them standing behind me and I had somebody with me and they were just speaking in tongues and praying and carrying on. I mean, the person that was with me, they were like, they about had a runaway. Well, they got through it and they got over it. But, you know, we've all experienced that, right? You know, you're like, what in the world is going on here? But if everyone is prophesying and an unbeliever or one without the gift enters your meeting, he will be convinced by all that he hears and will be called to account. For the intimate secrets of his heart will be brought to light. He will be mystified and fall face down in worship and say, God is truly among you. Isn't that awesome? And that's, that's us. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That, and I, I just want to release the prophetic gift over you all this morning. All of you all that want it, God wants to give it to you. And he says that we're all to earnestly desire and seek it. So if God has a gift that he is desperately wanting to give you, why wouldn't you take it? Why wouldn't we take it? And I have some more because verses 50 and 51, 
are really speaking to me, and maybe I'll go on with it. I, I and I don't know that I um, have enough of it to to um, explain it. Because, you know, sometimes spiritual things that God gives you, it's hard to explain sometimes. But it goes on, I'll just go ahead and read it, because it says in verse 50, you got, yeah, um, Jesus says, answered, do you believe simply because I told you that I saw you sitting under a fig tree? You will, ex- you will experience even more impressive things than that. I prophesy to you eternal truth from now on. You will all see an open heaven and gaze upon the Son of Man like a stairway reaching into the sky with messengers of God climbing up and down upon him. Jesus was telling him, yeah, I can prophesy to you, but there's more than just the prophetic word. And that has really messed me up that more. And here's probably part of the reason why. Whenever I read this, it says, you all will see. You all will see that open door, that open heaven. You all will see that stairway, that bridge. That's interesting to me. I I had a friend recently call me and tell me that she had a dream about me and I was building a bridge in my hands. It was like a thing I was making. And so I was like, oh, okay, bridge. Well, I know what that means. That means like I'm going to be able to connect people and, you know. But then as, as I read this, the Lord really spoke to me and was, whenever I saw that, it says that you will gaze upon the Son of Man like a stairway reaching to the sky. Well, that stairway also could be bridge. Well, guess who the bridge is? The bridge is Jesus. And, I mean, he spoke to me and said, because a lot of times we think heaven is way, way up there, and we talk about earth and heaven connecting. Well, that bridge, Jesus, we have Jesus in us. I'm kind of thinking that heaven is much closer than we think. And that he, as, as sons and daughters of God, he is wanting us to step into that bridge, that spiritual thing, and connect the two and bring the two closer. And um, that's what he spoke to me the other morning as I was sitting on the couch. He was saying, I'm getting ready to open up to you to be able to step in and see more of that and, and to realize that spiritually that it's way more closer than you think. And that's not just for me. But man, and I don't really, because your natural mind can't hardly wrap around some of that. And I don't know what that looks like, and you're saying, what in the world for? We need to know about spiritual things to be able to make it in this world. The spiritual things are going to give us strategies to defeat the things that, the dark that's going on around us. And the spiritual things, he's calling us to a higher calling if we'll take it. And I don't want to get away from the prophetic because that's really where I was wanting to go this morning. But I'm just saying, you know, I know a lot of y'all know how to prophesy. I know a lot of y'all are into the prophetic and you're willing to give a word. So I'm saying to you, there's more. There's more. And that bridge, that open heaven that he says that we're all, we can all see, I'm asking him to give us more of that, whatever that looks like. And um, he's, he's wanting to give it to us. He's wanting to give it to us. Are y'all open to that? Amen. We, are, we want the more. And I just felt like, um, you know, last time that I was up here, we did some activation, and I just feel like that maybe that's kind of where we're supposed to go again um, this morning. Um, Rob, I just wanted to tell you this morning as I was getting ready, I felt like the Lord said, remember that uh, whenever we were kids, and you probably didn't play this, you're too cool, but there was um, Simon Says, and you know, and you'd say, uh, Simon Says, take three giant steps forward, you know, or whatever. And um, 
that's what I heard the Lord say, that he has asked you to take some giant steps forward, and you have. And I know he's really pleased with that. And this past two weeks is just a huge distraction to try to stop all that. And I just really believe that this is an end to, to all of the distraction of the past two weeks of sickness. And I'm just believing and praying total healing for you in Jesus' name. But I, I know that I heard him talk about those three giant steps forward. And I thought about that, that game that you played as kids. And Alicia, I just, as you come in this morning, I, I just saw that um, you you do have big, always a smile on your face. But um, I felt like that he just kind of spoke to me and was just saying that um, there's some things, there's some thoughts and um, things that come to your head sometimes that you believe and um, negative things. And um, it's not from the Lord. He, he does love you a lot. And I, I know you know that. But um, I know he's really wanting it, you to really know how much he really loves you. And um, that those things that um, sometimes want to mess with your head, um, just to recognize that they're not from the Lord. And um, he is drawing you closer to him. And Casey... You are a leader. You know that. And with leadership comes great responsibility. And I encourage you in that to um, really get grounded someplace. Because you know what? There's a place that really needs you as much as you need a place. And um, you need a... a and I'm, I know in my head I know things, but... I, I just, I know you need a covering, and a SkyTube needs you. That high school needs you. And um, I, I just bless you, and, and just pray that dig in deep with the Lord, because you got equipment to, to handle some deep dirt. Yeah, you do. And... Um, this gentleman with the black vest, I don't know you, but I felt like as I was standing over here singing that the Lord highlighted you to me, and um, I felt like that he said um, that you have something deep in your heart um, that you've been asking him about business, and um, I, I don't know. That's all I really know, but I, I know he knows, and um, I... I'm kind of scared to death to say that, but that's what I really felt like I heard the Lord say. And I, I just bless you in whatever that desire is and, and just keep calling on him. And um, I know he, he is hearing that. And um, that's what the Lord has given me this morning. I just want you all to ask you all if you would stand. Um, Leah, if you'll go ahead and turn that on. Um, I pray part of this made some sense to you because I know that the Lord is wanting to activate us in the prophetic. So whether you totally understand it or not, there's probably your spirit understands it. So if you would like to be activated in the prophetic, if you have, don't speak in tongues and you want to do that, um, if you need a healing... You can come forward. We're going to close the service now. I'm going to pray. But if any of that you want prayer for, I'm going to ask you to come and stand on the blue line. So, Lord, we bless you. We thank you for this service. I thank you for each person that's here this morning. Lord, we love them. You love them. The Spirit of the Lord is here to bring freedom. Thank you for the tool and the tool belt that we have that you're going to activate this morning. Thank you for the prophetic gift. Thank you for the gift of tongues. Thank you for all of your gifts. Lord, we release your power and the demonstrations of your power just to be released here now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, come stand on the blue line. If not, you're dismissed. If you want to stay and pray, pray for the ones that are coming forward. Lord, we just bless you. We bless you in Jesus' name. We bless you in Jesus' name. Turn on the pastor's mic, if you would. Lord, we just you bless you. You can prophesy this morning. Bless you. You can turn up the music, and we're going to pray.
God spoke to Moses through fire The bushes said kick off your shoes and stay a while All of humanity was made to worship me Pharaoh get out of my way God is saying freedom to dance Freedom to sing Come on Freedom to go I'm telling you Pharaoh let God's people go Come on Worship now Worship now Worship your God Come on Worship now Worship now Worship your God Come on Worship now Worship now Worship your God Worship now, worship now Worship your God Let him go Say let him go 